Thanks for tuning in to the Vertical Plus podcast. We always open the show with a discussion about this past Sunday's message. If you didn't catch it, you can go back an episode and listen to the audio version. Thanks again for listening. Yep. Is that how we feel? Is that the is that the vibe we're having today on the podcast? Well, I just am still carrying a lot of resentment over the last time we did this and mm. you said ruined it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I listened back to that and I felt a little a little bad, but you also laughed. I did. Well, so, it's our friendship. It, it's we're, a good yeah. Ingest, yeah. yeah. It's ingest. actually part of the staff dynamic to just be overtly harsh with each other but we understand that's that we're true. joking when, when mostly new, in public when yeah. new people come on staff it's like you need to learn very quickly that if we're not making fun of you mm-hmm. we don't actually love you <laughs> so but the thing is like if we're one-on-one together it's like we, we rarely do we make fun of each other but the second there's a crowd we're like my time oh, yeah on, austin austin on, I, got, I got everybody you. do the austin Ugh. <laughs> yuck <laughs> anyway uh hey who's uh who's our He's technically a guest. It's technically a guest. It's a new, it's a new yeah. fa- voice. On a the new podcast. voice. A new face on the a new podcast. New face on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that new face. <laughs> Chris Grote, welcome to the Vertical Plus podcast. I'm honored. Who are you? Who truly, are you? Truly honored. <laughs> it's truly an question. Honor. Who am I? Well, I'm the worship pastor on staff here. Wow. And I'm very grateful to be included today. Mm. You're usually able to say very spiritual, smart things in very short increments. Now the world is your canvas. So people are yeah. going to get to know who Chris Grote is, no pressure, which we're excited right? about because yeah. you're more than just a guy that plays guitar and wears pretty killer boots. Thank you. You're more than just a guy. He was trashing with your boots last The week. beard of a about. Viking. Yeah, he was. Hold you, up. He was trashing what? the Red Wings. We last literally week. have the same pair. No, okay, let's clear this up. We got three minutes, right? Yeah, you got I'm do. not trashing <laughs> those boots. In fact, I wore them yesterday. I chose them over my two Wolverine Thousand Mile. As you you got, should. Wait, you got two pairs of Wolverine? No, he just has two. He has two, one for each foot. Yeah, no, I have two pair. I have two pair of Wolverine Thousand Miles. Like yes. And before colors, anybody so. goes to Amazon this, I got them on Nordstrom because they will sell them for like 200 bucks or less, 180 bucks if you time it right. So I have a brown suede pair. I have a black but pair. Was, but if you have two pairs of those, why not just get one pair of Red Wings and have them it's for true. forever? I have one pair of Red Wings. <laughs> I like versatility in so my footwear. So you don't footwear. like the Red Wings as much anymore? No, yeah, I love them. But if I, what I was saying last episode is the all-day comfort for me the mm. thousand mile boot's gonna win. Mm. They're less yeah, rugged. True. I mean, it, it, they make some sacrifices for this because they have a leather sole, which I know, Grote, is your problem with them. Leather sole is gonna be slick, it's gonna wear out faster. You have to have a local cobbler. Let's bring that back up yeah. again. Peach. Um, yes, local cobbler. <laughs> uh, but if yeah, I, I, I love the red. In fact, week, I'm, tr- I'm making plans bad. now. Uh, to try to figure out, even during this pandemic and the financial crisis that we're in, I'm thinking about leather boots. Um, <laughs> As you do. Yes, Red Wing has this uh, day after Thanksgiving sale where everything is 50% off. So 
I think that's called a Black Friday sale. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. That's their uh, only sale, though. For the whole year. the only sale. Yeah, and and rumor is you have to be there in person to actually take advantage of it. So Anyway, uh, Chris, earlier you said (laughs) that you were grateful to be on this podcast. Uh, I feel like that's a good topic of discussion to have Mm. today. I don't know if, like, gratitude kind of fits into what we want to talk about. I don't know. I feel like I saw it on a, a, a Google Doc somewhere. Should we talk about gratitude? We probably should talk about gratitude because we were able to jump back in and be in our auditorium this week. And Mm -hmm. we had, uh, I don't know, somewhere north of 100 folks join Mm -hmm. us, which was awesome. Uh, Well, and then you add the folks that were outside. There's a couple more people outside. Uh, But we asked, Groat, we asked you to be here because we want you to give some commentary on Mm -hmm. being back in the building. I mean, let's, let's just be honest about this. You guys have had to slug it out recording worship with like a camera and chase for a number of weeks now. Mm -hmm. And it did feel very genuine, very authentic, but I know, or I would assume just a really odd experience to do that without people in the room. Now it's back. How'd you feel about it? Felt really good. Yeah. We, we have been recording with chase. So we've kind of been leading chase in worship for a few months and (laughs) I feel filled. So filled. (laughs) Just so connected. I feel filled. Feel, feel full. I feel yeah. filled. <laughs> it's definitely weird having to like, if you really think about it, you're leading for a camera. And I'm sure you guys feel this when you're teaching to a camera. It's like, yeah. I'm kind of teaching to chase right now, but also like there's a weight of like, not just the people who, who will watch on Sunday, but the people who are going to watch for years to come because everything is forever online. Mm. So the first couple of weeks was definitely, I think, especially for our worship leaders, like a little stressful, like performance based. You feel like you have to kind of nail it, that nail thing. it. Cause you know, is it, is it a one take thing? You don't really want to have to do multiple takes. We try to, we try to make it pretty simple and pretty streamlined. All one shot. It's all incredible. one shot. Yeah. Chase says, we want, I'm going to do this in one shot. We're not going to do a song and then break it in a song. It's just harder for editing. But I think we finally, we caught, we caught our, our rhythm with it. We kind of got more comfortable with it. So um, it was interesting. I, I was curious how it was going to feel on Sunday. Like, w- would there be kind of a nervousness to the team? Like, we're, we're doing this again. Um, what's kind of what's going to be the just the overall feeling in the room? How are people going to feel? And I think overall, our team was just our worship team specifically was just really excited to be uh, to be able to lead people again um, and just get to be in a room full of people who are singing and who are worshiping together. Uh, so I think we were all just extremely ex- excited and uh, definitely grateful bringing that word back up to to get to do a ministry that we all feel called and led to do with actual people that we can kind of see, that we can remember faces and that, hey, I know that guy in the third row. I know his story. It just makes it so much sweeter. And I, I think you guys can probably attest to this as well, teaching. Like, it's a lot harder uh, you can kind of find your your groove more whenever you're in a live room. You get a little bit of no response doubt. from people. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you get to see people lifting their hands or singing or people who are moved by a song. Or you could just, especially if you know stories, you can kind of, you know, it makes worship so much sweeter. So yeah. it was definitely, it was really, really good to be back. And I think we take it for granted often too, like how routine it gets. Like when you're Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and, you know, those of us who are in ministry, we kind of get in that grind where it's like, man, just another Sunday, but it's, you know, every Sunday is, uh, has this potential for God to do something incredible. So I've definitely missed that. Like really just not that God can't move through a screen. I think we've seen that he has, but just kind of that feeling that, you know, I don't know. 
it's so tangible in a room. Sure. Know? Yeah. Well, and how fitting that we were talking about David this week, you know, from the mm-hmm. stage and that I think that we see that the most in scripture and his interaction with God and that sort of personal, you know, a lot of what we know about worship from scripture is from the Psalms and from right. at David's actual writings. So it was cool. It was a good Sunday. It was nice to see people, whether you were inside or outside, it was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really was. Community. Yeah. You know, just to feel like uh, I think the the general feeling for all of us as ministers is that the value that we bring to the world is relational. Yeah, we're calling sure. people to a relationship with God, and we're trying to prove through how we're living our life that mm. um, God guides even our relationships with other people. And to have that taken away for so long <clears throat> was brutal. I mean, mm. really brutal. And we've all gone through our different versions of. Uh, being depressed or funk or whatever it is you want, you want to call it. So yeah. having that lift a little bit, even though there was a little bit of awkwardness in the, in the auditorium, a little bit of awkwardness in the building. How's this supposed to go yeah. first time back? But you guys, you could tell, and I, I want to kind of correct this actually. And I'm, I'm on a little bit of a tear today. It's a forewarning though. It's a good, good mood rant that I'm about to go <laughs> on. Wow. Um, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want to highlight because, uh, Let's be as as direct as we can. The worship inside of the church, not just in America, but in other other places as well, has kind of been hijacked by people who really wanted to be famous or had a had a thin faith and were able to put words to that thin faith. And I just want to highlight the fact that the people that are are on our stage and are under your leadership are not that way. And I think you could tell that, and this is a, a main main thing that I want to point out about this past weekend. There weren't hundreds of adoring fans inside of Vertical Church this weekend. But you guys definitely took the responsibility seriously that you were leading people into an experience with God, mm-hmm. whatever the number was. Yeah. And as, as I look from the side, I can see everybody in one glance, you know, and, and even pick up on their facial expressions. Everybody who was on your team, a part of your team, they were there to worship God in front of people and to call people to do that. That's under your leadership because your faith is genuine. You're not a frustrated Nashville guy that didn't make it and decided you were going to hide in a church somewhere. There are Mm -hmm. lots of those people, right? Mm -hmm. You're not one of those guys, you know? So I think this is a great opportunity for you to talk about if if you would be inclined, Mm -hmm. uh, what it is that drew you towards taking your gifts and talents and contributing them to a church. Oh, man. <clears throat> yeah, it's a pretty simple story. Um, I really, I wasn't ever trying to to be, quote unquote, famous. Um, all I knew is that when I was 14, my dad told me, because I was kind of getting into music and I wanted a guitar really bad. My dad told me that if I, if I joined the church youth band, he would buy me a guitar with a limit of $200. And I was like, I have to take that deal. Way so, to go, Dad! I will take that, PV. I will take that. <laughs> Give deal. me that Squire, baby. So, I mean, this was, I mean, this was a few years ago. So, I mean, you can get like a decent Epiphone Firebird. Um, yeah, so, you can. I was a big All American Rejects fan. I'm not ashamed to admit that. And their lead guitar player had a Gibson Firebird. I couldn't afford the Gibson, so I got the Epiphone. It was 1.99, right in the right in the sweet spot. So I was the 14 year old kid on our little church worship team, youth worship team, with the Epiphone Firebird. It, I looked ridiculous. Going through what? Going through the house, man. Oh my! I, I didn't even God. play through an amp, dude. I didn't have any. I don't know what a pedal was. I thought distortion. 
I thought a distortion pedal meant I could get my clean tone to to, to an overdrive tone. Like mm. I didn't I had no idea what a capo was. I didn't know anything. But um, I did that, and, and you're you're playing with your friends, and you're having a good time, and um, just did that for a couple of years. And my my youth pastor at the time, we didn't have any male vocalists, so I was a hundred percent content just to play the guitar. I was way too nervous to sing. I didn't do public speaking. I didn't do any of that. And then one day my youth pastor um, put a microphone in front of my face during a rehearsal. I think I've told you guys this story. And uh, I was like, I don't know what you what you want me to do with this, but I'm not singing to it. <laughs> um, and I had done like a, maybe a year or two of choir, but I just was always too nervous to to really sing, be kind of be the front guy. I never really wanted to do that. And um, he's like, I need you to sing. We don't have any any strong male vocalists. I need you to sing. I'm not kidding. And so... I just kind of roughed it for about a year and then really kind of just felt, felt the calling into it and really enjoyed it and got more leadership. Our youth pastor really trusted us and, and brought out a lot of leadership qualities in us and let me started to started let me pick the songs and kind of lead the rehearsals and kind of gave me ownership over it. Finally gave ownership to me. Um, and then when I was 16, we were, you know, our, our youth worship team had kind of grown and we were kind of, Sounded pretty good, pretty decent for a bunch of 16-year-old kids. And um, we were leading uh, just a, a super, I mean, if you're in church, Jesus Paid It All is pretty familiar tune to you. So, Great Bridge. Great, Great bridge. bridge. Yeah, the Christian Sample version um, for all my passion fans out there. Um, and this was like, it was just a, like a, a regular, you know, youth service. And we started singing Jesus Paid It All. And this is like even before, you know, the message happened and... Um, People were just like coming to the altar from the lyrics and just the gospel and the text. And that really kind of changed my life in a way where I saw how God could really work through a song and, mm. and through worship. And that's like the first time I've ever really felt God, you know, speak, quote unquote, speak to me, you know, it, it wasn't audible. It wasn't like this big voice in the sky, but just kind of this, he, he spoke to me in that, in that small voice. This is what I want you to do for me. Mm. This right here you know, leading worship and, and helping people experience me through the, through a song. And so really from there, 16 years old, I was like, well, I guess this is what I'm going to do. I had no <laughs> idea what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. I was like, I don't really have any, not that I wasn't ambitious or anything. I just, you know, you're 16, you don't know what you're going to do when you grow up. You sure. don't really know well, what you're going to do. I mean, Austin college. did, but he's, well, Austin did, different. but he's the exception. Look, <laughs> SpaceX, if you'll have me, I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm sure Austin was reading Robert Greene at 16. At so. least, yeah. Yeah. At least at 16. <laughs> the poster on my wall. Yeah, that's right. So it was just, it was this end break as you're leading, mm, God yeah. communicates to you, this yeah. is what I've built you to do. Yeah, it was really powerful. It was a really powerful moment in my life. Um, you know, because you're, you're 16, you're, you're rambunctious. You're most of the time you're at youth group because pretty girls are there and mm. you kind of like music. Preach. So <laughs> yeah. See, that's where I met my wife, by the way, youth group. For real? We are those people. Yeah. We're youth group sweethearts. Man, uh, don't ever come to Amplify and uh, tell them that. Because, <laughs> yes. I won't. Because every one of them is there trying I don't to know, date. Maybe it's, so. a, it's a positive strategy to grow a ministry. Like maybe. you could find your spouse. <laughs> But yeah, Christian man, Mingle, moment, it really, it really did change my life because I, I, for the first time in my life, I felt like I had purpose and a direction. And even to this day, like I struggle to, to think like, what would I do if I wasn't in ministry? Mm. Like, I just really do not know. Um, I feel so that. you feel that too. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I got the start. And, um, I never really tried to, you know, I, from there I went to, you know, I finished out high school with the youth group and, God did amazing things and I grew a lot. And then I got to go to 
you know, a four-year university, um, a really prestigious university called William Carey University. And mm. highly, highly coveted. Highly Famous for Southern the size of their roaches. Juilliard, yeah. William Carey. <laughs> Basically the Berkeley of Mississippi. Berkeley. <laughs> and that's, that's where I studied church music. And um, They rejected know. John Mayer, I think. I think you so, got his yeah. spot. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he's a sinner. So. Crazy story. Mm. <laughs> of the, Senator. Of the most epic kind. Yeah. So, so that, that sets the stage for your life. So... Uh, you take that, you're like, yeah, all right, cool, I'll do that. That's that's pretty radical obedience, especially mm-hmm. locking that in at 16 years old. And, uh, you know, not to flatten your story, but it feels like you've really chased that trajectory, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I went to school. I know I, know I wanted to, I knew that I wanted to study um, music, church music specifically. I, I could really care less about like music theory when I was in school, honestly. Couldn't care less. Even though it's it's good to know now as a, as a church musician. But you know, I was. Wait, you're a church musician that knows theory. Yeah. Oh, cool. Unheard just enough. <laughs> just enough. <laughs> I don't just know. enough to say you know theory. That's, right. oh, that's a, a four chord. I couldn't tell you what a mixolydian mode was anymore, though. But yeah, that's I, what they I really me in high you know school. when I was in college, I I really mm. just took any opportunity I could to to lead worship to grow. We had a you know I won't call it antiquated, but it was definitely a little more old school of a worship you know program where you know their their thought was if you're gonna if you're going to lead worship out of college, it's going to be in Southern Baptist Church in, in South Mississippi, and you're going to have to know how to lead a choir and a handbell orchestra and all this kind of stuff. Yes. And women are going to be really good at background vocals. Yes, that's right. <laughs> or offertory specials. Oh yeah, my you're, you're, getting into, you're getting into a very dark place there. I don't want to go into it. Um, I may cut that out if I remember it. <laughs> Uh, just bleep it out. It'd be funny. It's <laughs> just one long bleep. That's right. No, but yeah, in... You know, I, I just kind of had always known, you know, in college, this is what I want to do. And, I, and I'm and i sure there's a church out there for me. I'm sure that I'm not going to have to go lead a choir. Um, and I've almost taken a couple of jobs where it everything looked perfect, but the one thing was, oh, yeah, we need you to lead the student choir. And I was like, that is just not my... That's my just hands not my, don't move that way. It's not, not even just not my passion. It's not my strong suit. Like, I'm not... To me, as I kind of brushed over that and focused more on the, the leadership, pastoral side of it. But man, even my parents, if I'm honest, were a little confused with ministry, you know, what it is. I, sure. I wouldn't Same. say that, <laughs> yeah, you I know, get that. <laughs> the churches that we went to, you know, had one pastor on staff and everybody else was volunteer based. So they were a little concerned that I was going to be a starving artist. And my dad was really uh, pretty adamant about me trying to double major in something else or try to, you know, do music education and I can do church on the side. But I was just from, from the start, I just kind of was trusting that God would provide a place for me, money for, you know, to feed a family. Um, and so far, we aren't hungry. So far, so good. So Frank far, eats so really good. well. That's yeah, why that's right. eat. like you mentioned, like, the pastoral side of that and how that's kind of the way that you lean. That is one of the things that I really appreciate about you, Chris, that probably most people don't think about is that you are... The way that you lead a team, I, I, would, I would venture to say that our worship team... Uh, don't kill me, amplify people. Our worship team is probably the most, um, I don't know if systematized is the best way to put it. Hmm. Like the way that the volunteers work within our, our worship team is yeah. kind of incredible to me. Austin acts like we weren't thinking that already, Ben. Like, he's the only one thinking that. <laughs> really? Really? Just, 
Yeah, Get yeah. off your high horse. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Say that I'm just saying. In fact, so much so that when I have questions about volunteers or something, I typically go to group before anybody else, and I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> well, we all kind of do that yeah. about a lot of things. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. How did that come up? Like, when did that become something that you were like, I'm going to guru and volunteer systems like, and, and working <laughs> with volunteers? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. But, you know, I'm nowhere near perfect, and I, I would say that our team is um, – out of the few churches I've been a part of, and this is all kind of tied together, this is definitely the most like uh, familial, I guess is the right word, kind of team. And, like, yeah, like people say yeah. the we're a family thing a lot, Michael Scott, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But you, <laughs> really, you really feel it. You really feel it with our team. And yeah. um, the thing I love about our team is we're not the we're not a huge team. You know, a lot of our people serve twice a month. Um, we still need areas too. If, if you're talented at music and you love the Lord, you know, holler at me, uh, Chris G at livevertical.tv. But um, we definitely, you know, we have that, that family feel and, you know, not everybody sticks around, people come and go and it, things have looked a lot different from when I first got here to now, but the, we have a, an extremely faithful team. I yeah, think we're probably of, two years in with this team right now, like the core yeah, group. Yeah, the core like, group. We definitely have a core group of, of, of volunteers who, I mean, you could you could call them on a Saturday night, and if if they're in town, they would one hundred percent because they just love this church so much. Um, and you really don't see that ex- everywhere. In yeah, you really don't. Yeah. It was something that surprised me when I came on about a year ago, and the way that that kind of atmosphere yeah. really bleeds into other mm-hmm. things. I mean, because it's not typical to see a team like our worship team that is not just hanging out in the green room. They're out in the lobby and they're talking to people. And and one of my favorite things is to watch them serve um, on a Wednesday night at Amplify. They'll lead worship and they're like, oh man, you know, uh, Melissa, she's going to sing a little while, but she's eating with me. Or or Chris is playing spike ball with me. Or what, what, like, that's just really cool to me that that energy doesn't just stay on stage. I think one of the key things about the team, inside looking in, but also outside (laughs) a little bit, is they are incredibly grateful for the opportunity, even though 100%, like they are, we are benefiting from them way more than they're benefiting from us, at least on paper. They are like someone like Chris Wilson, like Mm -hmm. that every time that dude serves, he is just grateful to be a part of it. You know, seeing Chris may have been the best part of my Sunday this week. (laughs) And not only because of his hair. Uh, We love you, Chris Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And his new eyes. The man has new new eyes. eyes. He got LASIK. Look at the same (laughs) eyes. Good for him. Um, I gotta to go back to your question though, because it's an interesting one. Um, and again, you, you talked about like what made me realize that like volunteers are so important. Um, because a lot of churches, I mean, bigger churches can pay volunteers, and I've been a part of a couple of churches that had a kind of a pay to play mentality where, um, you know, I, I show up when I'm on the schedule and I get paid 150 bucks for the weekend. And when I'm not here, you know, if you don't need me, then I'm going to go to another church mm. or I'm just not going to show up at all. Man, I hate that. Yeah. But it's a culture. I mean, that's a culture. That is very, yeah. no, common. I know. It's just, yeah. It's sad. And my, and so that was kind of how the church where I was interning, which it's a great church. And I would say like 80% of the team were, were bought in, but there was that 20% where you got paid, but you know, if I wasn't going to get paid, I wasn't going to be there. Um, and with a bigger team, it's harder to, sometimes it is harder to kind of, create that culture. But my first, like first full-time ministry gig, I was like 22 year old kid, like creative arts pastor in Houston, Texas. And I just didn't know what I was doing, man. I had no idea. Like you think, you know, 
Mm. But, you know, in, in my, you know, 22 year old brain, first job, didn't want to suck. It was like super performance based, like let's get the worship perfect. Um, I'll see you when I see you, I'll see you on Sunday and I'll see you for rehearsal. But, you know, every other day of the week, I'm going to be focused like on, on Ableton or getting the, you know, the stage just right and trying to make Sundays look great. Sorry, Chase. It's okay. that. <laughs> Notifications. It it yeah. How it's dare they notify me during the podcast? These things happen. Don't they know who I am? <laughs> and so, yeah, and it wasn't back into that church. It wasn't a great experience for me. And I will admit looking back that, you know, a lot of my frustrations with the church were probably because I was immature. I was an immature leader. I was an immature pastor. And I mean, it wasn't hundred percent my fault, but it just wasn't a good situation for me. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And I really didn't have any mentors or any, any pastors who really tried to invest in me. And so I kind of took it upon myself to do some coaching with a really great program called worship circle. Um, one of my, one of my mentors, uh, Todd Fields, he kind of led it and um, jumped into it, and he he loved on me for a couple of years, and and really just taught us really how to how to love people well first, and how to love your worship ministry well first. He pointed out the pastor part of your title. He point yeah, he pointed out everything. He really showed me what it through his program and and the other great leaders that were part of it how to how to really love a team well and and lead through that first, and um, really. I, it's the first time I'd ever really heard in any ministry field, which is kind of sad, like that the people are what matters most more than the product. And we hear this all the time in ministry, people have a product yeah. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's, it's one thing to say it and another thing to really do it because in worship, a big part of your job is you have to put out a good product too. Mm. And so it's like, especially when you're first starting out, it's like, what do I focus on first? And it's always people. And I think it's always people no matter what. But he said something to me that, that I'll, I'll say until I die. He said, you know, as a part of your worship team, um, you have to lead your people to remember and respond, not just your church, but the team that you're serving with, hmm. to remember what Christ has done for you, to remember kind of the stories in your life, the way that he's moved, the way that he's impacted you, and respond with gratitude, respond with worship. And so that, that has not only changed how I lead people in worship, but how I, how I try to lead a team. And I kind of sound like a broken record when I say that, but um, that really kind of helped me learn how to be just talking about gratitude, how to be a grateful person. And around that time in my life, I was transitioning out of Texas and into this job at Vertical, um, which was one of the biggest blessings of my life, to be honest. You're welcome. Thank you, Chase. <laughs> Chase was a part of the team that approved me to come on. Me too. Yeah. That seems dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> We're pretty risky hiring here. friends. We're pretty risky here. Yeah, that, that's a different story too, though. But um, so when I got here, I was like, man, I want to, I want to do it right from the start. And <laughs> Chase can probably test. I definitely wasn't perfect at it, but really just came in, tried to get to know people, and tried to try to have humility and and to serve in the systems that were already in place and then slowly kind of change things and slowly try to build more of a culture of, you know, doing things like team nights and going to coffee with people and going to lunch, things that like sometimes you might see as like, this really isn't like focused on Sunday morning, but it really is like if you spend time and that's the more the pastoral side of it, if I'm spending time with my people and I know their stories and they know that I care more about them than what they can do for me, mm. then you will have more faithful volunteers. You'll have people who love the church because they feel loved, they feel connected. Because really everybody just wants to feel like they're 
connected to something bigger than themselves. And if I'm only calling you or texting you when I need you on Sunday, then that's a very, you know, contract binding kind of relationship. And that is just a huge no, no for me, I think. Mm. And I don't know who quoted this. I think it floats around, but it's the quote that like, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Like I try to live by that statement. Like you can be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't care about me, then I don't really care what you have to say. It's Dr. Seuss. Is it Dr. Seuss? <laughs> or Michael Scott or Wayne Gretzky? Or All Robert kinds Green? Of options. Oh, no, it was not Robert Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, mean, I just tried to, you know, hear it was, and it's scary. You put yourself out there, like do a team night. I think our first team night, we had maybe like eight people show up, including Chase and me and maybe some even, former staff members. Yeah, some former staff members, but. You know, you just got to, you can't get discouraged. You got to keep doing it and keep making it a priority and tell people that you love them and you're grateful for them and say it until they're sick of it. But that it's without a shadow of a doubt that they're necessary to what you're doing. And um, I think, I think you'll see more, you know, faithfulness in a team. And well, it'll show on a Sunday too. Yeah. I think that's one of the, that's the season we're yeah. still in, which luckily we've been in it for like a year now, the transforming our worship culture. But mm-hmm. Sunday mornings, man, pre-COVID and then now yeah. where we are, it's, it's been unreal. It's yeah. definitely special. I'm sad we don't have time for that part of the conversation because I really, this is going to be a part two. We have to come back to the worship culture in our church, your yeah. influence on it, how it's changed. Uh, my concern as the lead guy here is that our community may be experiencing the benefits but not picking up on the shift. And we could actually expedite the process of creating a, a community that loves to worship even more yeah. by explaining the philosophy and the drive behind it. That'd be a, an, an interesting conversation to have. Well, I say let's put a pin in it. Hey, Austin. Yes, sir. It's good to see you. Mm, indeed. More importantly, along with my overjoyed mindset of knowing that you're talking to me right now would you do me one better and ask us anything i will i will and actually i have a question uh that was sent to me directly for lead pastor benjamin mm-hmm. Derek today I'm here. yeah and Ready so to answer. you have some things to answer for is all i have to say wait do we all have other time. questions though or is it just we been, do but i think uh, okay. we need to get this one out of the Let's way i just here. i need Go my ahead. fill of like i need to know we have different okay. questions this will be Short and sweet, but the question I have for Ben is: Why hasn't Cami Derek been on the podcast? She should be. She's awesome. Period. <laughs> okay. The truth is, uh, I just haven't asked her. That's I, the truth. Well, I think that I think that if we can reference another podcast, she came on the Hanger podcast twice, killed it. Twice, twice and killed it. Yeah. Killed it. yeah. And so the people are clamoring for Cammy Derek to be on the podcast. Just saying. I understand. We should ask her on because she is, she is actually the perfect balance to my personality because she says what she means very quickly. It's usually pretty smart and very much tones me down. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if you could be in our living room, well, you could listen to another podcast we have, but that's how our living room goes. Like yeah. I talk for 25 minutes and then she goes, well, what I think what you mean is, yeah. boom. My, my favorite thing that I, even before I really knew Cammie, Ben came into a teaching meeting and he was like, yeah, I was talking to Cammie about this. And you know, there's nobody that's 
less more impressed. unimpressed <laughs> with me than my, my wife. wife. And I'm like, oh, that's probably good for that's you. That's the way it should be. Yeah. It is 100% good for Humility. me. Yeah. yeah. It's so, good. Yeah. Good. Keeps you honest. Good for your hubris. All right. Well, let's have some other questions. I like that answer. Uh, here it is. First question. What makes you guys feel nostalgia? What are some oh, things that boy. bring up nostalgia? I've been thinking about this one because wow, I, I I think there are a couple of things that always hit me. I and think bring a, that up. a surprising one for me is smell. Mm, like we're uh, gonna we're gonna be in the same vein, though. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, it's just it'll be random too. Like there's like this this Superman costume I had when I was like five had this particular smell because of the stuff it was made out of, mm-hmm. and it's that it's that like cheap dry fit thing where. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, like pseudo spandex. Yeah. Something about that smell, like it just instantly takes me back to trick or treating in uh, uh, Twin Harbors. Or like how a Twin pool Harbor. float smells, like that. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes you back, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Uh, smell is a big one, and you don't think about it. Um, one thing that always hits me with smell is, and this is going to sound bad, but cigarette smoke. I always think about being on the porch of my grandpa because. It, but like, it's not. For me, it's not cigarette smoke; it's cigarette smoke residue, like the inside of a truck. How it smells, honestly, it's it's those camels, man. I'm telling you, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. I, I I know when I smell that, it's like, oh, there it's he the is, man of uh, three prestige. heart attacks and all. That's my grandpa. <laughs> uh, what Do about you? Go you up ben? and just tell R. people R. their future. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. Uh, speaking of my wife, she accuses me of being overly nostalgic. And uh, at first I fought her on it, but I, you're she's pretty right. nostalgic. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a very nostalgic guy. So uh, I have I have all the things. Yeah. So probably the the craziest one is um, ice cream. So take that, Austin. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> every time we sit down, uh, I Y'all act like I have a whole war on ice cream. You do. I you just hate like it. I just don't enjoy you it. Ice cream. I've just never met anybody who doesn't like ice cream. Okay, I mean, to, I would pick I other things over ice cream, but this is another discussion. When I'm having ice cream, ironically, my oldest son, Owen, loves cookies and cream. Loves it. It's, it's a good one to love. Yes. Yeah. So I was introduced to cookies and cream at a friend of mine's house in the eighth grade. It took me until eighth grade to have cookies and cream ice cream because my family. That was the 60s, though. Like it just got well, it, I'm even going to make this worse. My family <laughs> is a Neapolitan or Ugh. butter pecan Ugh. ice cream family. That explains <laughs> a lot about your personality. Gross. I know. So when I hit cookies and cream, I was like, the heavens have gifted us. You <laughs> know, because you have real we, ice cream for the yeah. first Can time. we just say, I, I don't care what you think, two-thirds of Neapolitan is just a waste of a oh, gallon. Oh, come on, man. At least a third. What's your get least favorite? Strawber- strawberry. Get it out of there. Get it out of there. It. Yeah. yeah. So, I have no but anyway, input. yeah, so um, <laughs> cer- certain things that I eat will take me back if I really remember being introduced to it at a particular place. Yeah. Uh, smell for sure. Uh, and I, there's something like biological about mm-hmm. that. That's not just, everybody has that sensation um and then i think the worst i was just discussing this with a friend of mine at dinner the other night uh the worst is music oh yeah i was about to say your crux is music always yeah i mean Mm -hmm. i can be in fact it happened the other day i was uh, riding in my vehicle riding riding i was riding riding in my vehicle uh riding my vehicle and uh yeah Sorry, go. Go ahead. Uh, so anyway, a song came on. I was like, yeah, that's that's not a good place for me to go. Let me skip that track, you oh, know. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I didn't have that. 
uh, I'm just so emotionally connected. I to think music. that everybody kind of has that, and, yeah. and and they may not even know it, but it seems like once or twice a year I will hit that where if mm-hmm. whether it's an old playlist or something like that, and it's just like oh, yeah. you know what song gives me more nostalgia than any other song, and I hate it. Proud to be an American. No, I hate that song. <laughs> uh, I got a feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. What? When, when I hear it, when I hear it, I instantly go back to tenth grade. To like a good the, place? The, 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 no, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great song, though. Yeah. Was good, let's get it started, though. That's a great song. Wow. So here's a, here's a song that isn't nostalgic, but I do skip all the time. Uh, the Spin Doctors. What was that? What's that song they have? Like two to. Anyway, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Are we just talking about bad you songs gave up on now? that real quick. Yeah, this actually is. leads you know well what? into Never the mind. next question. Okay, next question Last we one. got. Uh, what have you been listening to lately? Mm-hmm. I've been listening to one thing for a year. We, well, okay, see. Yes, that, we all know. I didn't put Easy that on answer. my list because I knew that's all you had in your <laughs> life to put. So. Okay, let's do it right now. Let's pull up our Spotify. Let's okay. go ahead and do that. Oh, man. And uh, let's see what's, what we've been listening to recently. Hmm. Oh, wait. I did have a little bit of a shakeup. Is everybody here Spotify? Uh, yes. Chris, you came back, right? Uh, is this Didn't a you question we have to ask right now? I tried to get my wife back on Apple Music, but uh, she said no way. I just, I, I, can't, I can't do it. Speaking of nostalgia, um, I think music is an easy one, but I definitely, um, I kind of grew up, you know, I told you I was getting into music like around 14, and I loved like punk rock music. I'm sure a lot of people our age did. Yes. So like I've been listening to like the early two thousands punk rock and that just early Paramore, early Paramore. Uh, so, they're Dude, so good. Yellow I had such card. a crush on Haley Williams when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Oh my god. I probably know every Blink one eighty two riff. So I've been getting into those guys. That's good. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I've been listening to in a little, just a little bit of classic rock. You ever watch nostalgic? Like you ever what? classic rock? Like Guns and Roses? Just like no. the hits. No, I had yeah. to. No. No. Oh, that's Chase's favorite band, everybody. Favorite band. All time. Yeah. All right, I've got uh, Lee Fields and the Expressions. Thanks, mm-hmm. Zach Ball. Yeah, you've still, been on that for like two months still now. Listen good, to, you've recommended them to mm, Still listen to those guys. Uh, Marcus King, still listen to that guy. Marcus King is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, he doesn't look how I expected him to look. <gasps> no. I'm going to save mine for my recommends. Yeah, do that, do that. I got, I got a good one for actually, you. Actually, I'm going to admit this publicly. I actually have some uh, under my jump back end under Spotify. I've got some Clint Black. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Clint yeah. Black. Kim and I were talking about a song that we uh, we listened to when we were dating. It just was popular at the time. And uh, Cam is kind of a closet country music really? fan. I yeah. can see her line dancing. But uh, Clint Black. <laughs> <laughs> Clint Black and those guys like the classic country stuff. And that, talk about nostalgia. Like yeah. 90s, the, country? just the best era of country music. So I might find Without me on this. Mullets. Just like, truck yeah. Bullets. Have you guys watched McGraw, the, uh, the Garth Brooks thing? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. I, I was watching the other day, and, and like, Cammy was visibly angry with me for for watching this. Really? Yeah, she was like, "I can't stand this guy." He and cheated on Trisha. I'm out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> there was a big part of me that wanted to hate country music because that's like all my family listened to. No. So you naturally rebel against not, it. Not old good country. Not old yeah. good country, but I mean, there was a point like in high school where it was not cool. I mean, at least in, in my friend group. But now it's like if you really go back, the, some of the new country is just garbage. To be right. honest. Of course, um, pop country, but the musicality of like a Brad Paisley or 
uh, even like a, a Keith Urban or something. Urban, yeah. real Just like player. he's it's an underrated so fun to listen player. because he plays country music. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So on mine, I had since Sunday actually because Chase had a great playlist outside Sunday. I've been listening to a lot of Dawes because I forgot about them mm. um, and a ton of Noah Gunderson. Um, man, like that guy's stuff? music man, is good. That's like super creepy individual. In you like the new stuff? Right Noah Gunderson? Super creepy oh my dude. God, I love him. His yeah. White Noise album was awesome. The, my favorite one. Uh, Bad Desire. I've been listening really to good. a lot of White White Noise lately. So good. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of white. yeah, I just listened to White Noise, actually. Pink Noise. Daniel Diffie would fight you on that. He said that Old Noah is the best. Really? Yeah. I think it's great. I think no, I think I think Diff's just stuck there. Yeah, though, yeah that's probably he true. enjoyed that time. Too nostalgic. Life. Speaking yeah. of country, I also had Coulter Wall. I love Coulter Wall. <laughs> oh man, I love watching people listen to him for the first time on YouTube. Yeah, because he's Canadian and you didn't know it. Man, yeah, he looks he, very Canadian. I too, just want right? to listen to some of that guy right now. I just want to listen to him talk. He's got that. Um, He's got that Sam uh, Elliott kind of mm. voice. You're just like, oh, that's a man. That right is there. a man. So anyway. Next segment. Recommends, recommends. Ooh. Ooh. That wasn't a C. Is the jingles in the key of C, Chris? I for, I forget you don't Can know. Can y'all it. give me a combined C? <laughs> Neither none of us have perfect pitch. Perfect pitch. Uh, that's a Z right there. I hope people have made it this far into the podcast. <laughs> Me too. Odds are most people have skipped to this segment only to regret I think their it's decision. Only, that's the only part people I think listen this to. This is the only part people like. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's end here. Go figure. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no recommend. This will you show you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Uh, want, need, wear, read, and more than anything else in the world. Want, Thanks, need, Janice. Thank you, Janice. Thanks, Janice. I don't know who Janice is. Can we? We need Janice in. Whenever Cammy's in, she should bring Janice. You know what? This episode, Cammy and Janice episode, epic. It would blow up. I would gladly sit out and watch just out, let Joe them Rogan. Talk. Here we come. <laughs> watch out, Joe Rogan. What? Yeah, hundred million dollar contract. We'll take two. Yeah. Spotify's <laughs> like, hey, I heard y'all got Janice on. Actually, uh, so do we? We grill the guests here, or we kind of like we go first. Austin and, goes first. Yes. <laughs> guest is second, and then you or I can. Go last. Yeah, like mine have no, been underwhelming. Just, they do this every week. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's up, Austin? Okay. So, um, I have a couple. I don't have all four. I've given up on having all four. As you should. Does anybody uh, here have all four? Today? I want all four from you. No. I, I push you. I do it. I, I did it like twice, and it's done. <laughs> right, let's give let's give Groat some clarification before we start. So, with want, a want's a pretty universal one. It's Anything entertainment. Can go and want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's something you've been enjoying and you want other people to also enjoy. Oh. Need is something like you need some kind of cooking utensil. Like this has revolutionized the way my house where stuff goes and you yeah. need it. Or yeah, like the water the, the watermelon cutter, you know. Or like something something in your car. <laughs> that was the most garbage that need recommend. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was <laughs> I saw one yesterday. I'm like, you got to be kidding yeah. me. And then, you can't cut a watermelon. And then wear time. and read are pretty straightforward. Okay. Something you're wearing yeah. that other people should wear. All right. I'm looking forward to Chris's read because Chris, uh, I feel like in the last year, has really... Oh, yeah. I've read a lot. Yeah, He's a sleeper. Yeah. Really, like, really dug in there. Anyway, Austin, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So want, um, and I didn't have this until a moment ago when Chris and I were having this conversation. I think something that you want, something that I, I think that you don't even know that you need in your life, really, is a good pocket knife. 
Um, is this a need or a want? You're calling me out right I'm now. I'm combining it because I don't have a need. Uh, <laughs> I hate this You guy. should want this and you need I, it. You should want it, but I don't know that you know that you need it. Um, yeah. That's the point of the need segment. <laughs> Could you guys have this argument, please? I think that's please? more of a need. So why do you need a pocket knife? Why do you need a pocket yeah. knife? To cut I, your watermelon. Because you don't need a dang watermelon cutter. <laughs> to cut your apples. Yeah. And- I, I use my pocket knife more than I ever thought I would. It's something that I carry in my pocket every day. Um, that is oh, a, that's what's called pocket knife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it now. So you don't yeah. carry like a kitchen also in my, that in feeling. My boot. I'm carrying around a global knife in my back pocket. <laughs> that feeling you have when when a group of people or someone needs a knife and another man doesn't have one but you do. Oh, it's, yeah. it's you worth a hundred dollars. It's a real thing. Yeah, it, it is, and that's a that's cl- why I don't carry one so other men can have that feeling of euphoria. He's just giving us esteem. <laughs> yeah, all that good self esteem. Yeah, you're yeah. such a good friend. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. So, and this is something that. Chris and I have in common in that we both took the uh, the deep dive down the EDC. Love EDC. Uh, yeah, it's a real problem. So I like my Benchmade. Everyday carry for all, everybody that's not in the yeah. know. I like my Benchmade. Chris is a Spyderco guy. Now, here's I the was. question. I was. You I say I mine. need a pocket knife. Do I need an expensive one or can I get a $40 uh, Gerber. No, you don't. I you need a five dollar Mossy Oak, bro. <laughs> Tractor Supply. Yeah, you chose Tractor that, didn't you? No, yeah, no, no, I have a cheap. I have a cheap one. Uh, it's uh what was the Kershaw? Is that the name it's of the it? Shuffle. Yeah, yeah. Kershaw, no, Kershaw's good. freaking break, man. Yeah, yeah, good. good. So you, anyway, you don't sorry. have to go over the top. I don't think but. you have to go over the top with it. I, to be perfectly honest, if you know me, you know I'm a sucker for a story. And so the reason I bought my knife is because of the guy that designed it, and that's all I'm saying about that. Uh, was it Robert Green? <laughs> yes, yeah, he's actually. a master. Wait, you're uh, yes, in fact, maker. It wasn't yes. Robert Green, but yes. Read yeah. what? Where? Where? I don't have a wear. Wear the pocket knife in your pocket. Um, read. <laughs> read about your pocket knife. <laughs> read about it. Uh, I'm still reading Robert Greene's Laws of Nature, but mm. I'm going to give you an outside the box. Read. Wrong you, pocket. You going to do it? No? Okay. <laughs> We're inside the box here. Uh, well done. I have an outside the box read. Um, I think that you should go on Google and find, there are several articles about this now, but a guy named Brett Weinstein, he was a evolutionary biologist um, professor at Evergreen, which if you haven't watched that documentary, you need to because it's crazy, the documentary on Evergreen University. But he has come up with a plan for what he's calling the Dark, Ho- Dark Horse Duo Plan for 2020. And essentially what he's saying is he wants to get somebody center-right and center-left to run together as president and vice president to oppose these garbage candidates we have. So, <laughs> anyway... Uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's actually going to happen, but I think it's an interesting take. Oh yeah, it's July. Thank you. I think it's an interesting take on where our politics are right now, and I think anybody would be doing well to at least read it and consider um, the state of mm. where our politics. Stop are. yelling at each other. So okay, much. everybody's yeah. forgotten the name, so you got to say it again. His name's Brett Weinstein. You can find. Um, you could honestly just Google Dark Horse Duo. Um, okay. In what he's proposing is General McRaven, actually, um, who we spoke about a couple weeks ago, yep. and Andrew Yang run together. <sighs> Andrew Yang, what a man! I love both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I think it's I think it's a good idea. I wish we'd done this a year ago, but we also didn't know where we would be a year ago. So yeah. that's that. Andrew Yang is very honest. Yes, like it's it. a good read. Both of them are very honest individuals. Uh, so I I would do it. All right, Groat, go. It's my turn. Okay, so want. This is what people should want. Is this entertainment? Yeah, yeah. Why is want the tricky one? It's got to be entertainment. It doesn't have to be. So much happens. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, if you know me at all, I love coffee. Have we talked about the coffee shops yet around here? We have not. We know. We, no. we don't discuss. Yeah. So this could be want or need, depending on who you are. Um, Jackson has a couple of really great coffee shops now that I very much enjoy. Um, Elupo in Highland Village and Native Coffee in kind Bellhaven. Of the Bellhaven area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are my go-to spots. Like on Mondays when I'm hanging out with people or trying to get some work done. You know, Austin frequents those places often too. Yeah. Um, so just, you don't have to be bougie about it either. You, you can get, you can get drip coffee yeah. and just refill it. Some of the best things that they have there are like just the lattes. Mm. Like yeah. Alupo has one of the best lattes I've ever had in my life. It's called the Wolfpack Punch. It has a little oh, bit of oat Wolf milk pack. in there. The Wolfpack. The Wolfpack. Wolfpack. <laughs> oh hey, here, pro tip on the back of uh, Chris's want. Get that thing iced. Get it iced, I, yeah. It's so shut up, Austin. I, I, just, get it iced. I love Austin. that hot new wolf segment. Pack. Shut up, Austin. When, it, when it's summertime, you, sometimes you might want a little bit of a nice drink. A man drinks his coffee. It's a, hot. The good thing about it, it's it's graced ice, great iced, and it's great hot. So it's gonna be winter and summer. Yeah, great it's hard drink. to lose at either of those places. That's a good one. So I don't, I don't know. I guess that's a want and a need. Uh, the wear for me is a good pair of boots. Red Wing. Sorry, Ben. I know you hate them. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Let's just add it to the... Red wing. Yeah, let's add it to the cut the grass pot. If a woman was mowing in Red Wings, I would, I, would ha- I would have an aneurysm. I would positively explode. <laughs> but I, I try to be pretty simple with what I wear, and my Red Wings are the favorite piece of, I guess, clothing, footwear that I own. So for me... Definitely get a good pair of boots. Doesn't have to be Red Wing, I guess, but I don't know. There's something just so like timeless about like a good for a dude, like a good boot. I think that people like don't like the price point on Red Wing, and to me, it's like you're gonna have it for ever. ever. The thing is, like, how much are Red Wings? It it depends on what day you buy them. If you get <laughs> yeah. like if you like the Iron price. Rangers, yeah. like yeah. what I, me and Ben have, it's like three hundred twenty twenty bucks. Yeah, so how long would these things last you? A long time. If you take Probably. care of them and resold them, if, easy fifteen. Years. Yeah, you can. Like we have a, a Red People Wing store will buy here Ultra in Jackson. Ultra Boost every year for a hundred and twenty dollars. One hundred eighty dollars. Well, it yeah. depends on the color. Yeah. Yeah. Still, if yeah, I I agree. My dad has Red Wings in his closet from. I mean, I was in middle school at least. Mm-hmm. Right, you know. Anyway, great one. Keep going. Yep. Um. So that's my wear. The read. I've been trying to. So. Like Austin said, I, I've kind of gotten into reading more. I've never been like a big reader as far as like trying to read a whole book front to back. I'd always start halfway through, kind of get bored, stick to mostly like blog posts and podcasts. But I try to challenge myself and I've read quite a few books this year. And a couple of ones that have really stuck out to me are uh, The Freedom of Simplicity by Richard J. Foster and Sabbath by Wayne Muller. And both books kind of have really helped me this year, especially um, the Sabbath one, just trying to learn how to rest well. Um, The quarantine has kind of forced us all to kind of come to terms with like staying at home and, Mm. you know, how to balance work life and and home life. And sometimes it's not perfect, but um, really trying to establish a day out of the week um, to really Sabbath. And Sabbath is one of our 10 commandments and a I think we probably should take it more seriously. Um, but really just like knowing where to cut off like the work, whether it's like your work in your professional career or like even just like housework and really just taking a day to do things that fill you up, mm. that fill your soul up, 
and and really connect you back with um, just being in a good state, getting ready for the rest of the week. I think it's super important to take to take a day and do something that brings you joy and delight. And, you know, for some people it could look like work, like, you know, Ben, I know you like to do woodworking and stuff. Yeah. Some people might consider that a chore, but for you, I'm sure that really brings you life. It really does. So really just trying to like find, find a day to get everything else you can done and then just take a hard break. Cause it, in this book, he talks a lot about like, you're never going to be done with, with your work. There's always more to do. There's always something to, to wrap up, but just like learn how to like get a clean break from it and just, focus on and again you can kind of you can kind of flutter into that self-help and all that kind of stuff but really it's like i feel like it's something that god wants us to do it's a one of his commandments to for us to be in that place where we can fill ourselves up so, most of us are terrible at that so 100 especially in ministry yeah but that's my stuff so solid man it was like uh michael trailer level right there so yeah. I've, I've got to follow that if you would go change a flag yeah, <laughs> yeah be, like if you could influence public policy that would be yeah. amazing uh, all right, so my turn? Sure. All right, so I, I'm going to start actually with something that I referenced earlier as far as the want. I think you should want to watch the Garth Brooks deal that's on Netflix. <laughs> and here is the reason, especially, especially if you're a minister working in a church, because I was watching Garth and I thought to myself, this is how people view ministers. Because he's answering <laughs> questions, hang with me. He's answering questions about his life and he's like really intense when he's looking at the camera and he's got these pre-planned one-liners and he goes on this big thing about a handshake and I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is so full of himself, right? So I think you should go watch it. If nothing else, you know this backstory behind this, this guy that, I mean, for better or for worse, I think he's going to be remembered as one of the best entertainers in modern history. Uh, but there, there are dark sides to that. So, and we all know I love a good character study. Okay. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's the one need. I'm going to go out on a limb here because I've been this guy literally for my entire life. I remember I got my uh, first pair, uh, when I was in sixth grade, you need to invest in a solid pair of sunglasses. And I mean, kind of expensive because it's an accessory that's overlooked a lot. Okay. Mm. Most people are like, Oh, I break them. Oh, I leave them places. Yeah. Okay, change that about yourself. You need a good pair of sunglasses. It makes a big difference in how you feel mm -hmm. about yourself. I mean, you can find a pair no matter, no matter. <laughs> I almost went back to Michael Jackson. I stopped myself. Uh, everyone feels better in a great pair of sunglasses. Okay. Okay. So, so let's do That's that. That's a very Ben recommend. I like yes. it. Yes. Very much. I yeah. like it. Yeah. So whatever your comfort level, what you spend on them, up it by 15 bucks and see if I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, I'm going to skip to the read because that was kind of a combination like you do with the knife. I'm going to skip to the read. This connects to something we've been talking about on this podcast for a long time, a team of rivals. I don't know if we've suggested this book before. I don't think so. Uh, Doris Goodwin, I think is who wrote it. Uh, the entire book is about the presidency of Abraham Lincoln and it is a thick book, but mm. it's, it's fascinating. Hmm. Talks you still about like him afterwards. Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Way more respect. Nice. And, and, I, and it's brutally honest about the man, which I think was awesome. It kind of takes away a little bit of the mystique, but his political genius yeah. and why he's still remembered. Two things that come up, the people that he brought into his cabinet, like they literally all hated each other and, and they all hated him in different ways. But he brought them in. And the other thing it talks about is the idea of term limits and how that is what allowed us to weather that po portion of our history as a country. Uh, so I'm, I'm, it's similar to George Washington. Now that you describe it, 
Yeah, these guys, these early guys, a lot of them, um, well, I just can't go into that whole diatribe. But I think it's it's worth reading. And if you're one of those people that can't hang with a thick book, maybe finding an interview that she did about it or a, a blog post or something. But the idea that this guy was able to draw people around him that, that were vehemently opposed even to his political views, and he invited them into the White House, and we survived probably the rough – prior to now, one of the roughest parts of, in the history of our country. So, so it's a good read. It's cool. good stuff. Good. Nice. It's kind of your thoughts on putting together a staff at a church, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like Everyone hates each other. Who That's can true. hate Who hates each other the most? Who Let's bring them into a room. Who disagrees with me most? <laughs> yeah, because clearly I'm Abraham Lincoln <laughs> with quality sunglasses. Mm. Yeah, that's one of his downfalls. He did not have good shades. Uh, I got two. I'm going my usuals. Want and wear. Uh, my want. All right. There is a band. They are. I think strictly or like ninety eight percent. They are a cover band. But oh. dang it, do they do it well? <laughs> Austin's so upset. He didn't scary say this. pockets. Man, literally, they're written on my. They're on there. Come say on, the Austin. name again. Forgot. Stay sharp, I buddy. Them. Man, scary, scary pockets. Uh, if you if you're a YouTube OG, the the guy that started Scary Pockets is the, also fifty percent of Pompalamoose, uh, old school Great cover 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 group uh, on YouTube. Scary Pockets, they do funk versions of any and all songs, uh, and funk is coming back hard. Wait, do they, you mean Boyce Avenue? We're gonna get sued. Turn it down. <laughs> it's not me. It's Ben. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> can't that do was that. a joke, by the way. That was just me yeah. playing a riff. Their, their version of "You Shook Me All Night Long" is fantastic. They, they're some of, the, they're not in definition hit or miss. They're like they pass with an A plus, probably eighty five percent of the time. Some of their stuff is C minus, yada yada yada. But it is just they produce some dead gum bangers, man. They're Over so three good. million listens on Spotify. Like that's a if I ain't got you. They're good. Pretty That's pretty impressive. The and they crank I'm so out. old. I didn't even know who these people were. They crank out some content, man. Uh, so Scary Pockets. Check them out. They're great. Uh, your wear. Going to get a little risque, but this is for my fellas out there, okay? Go to Target, all right? Everyone deserves a decent pair of underwear, okay? Oh, this is almost one of my recommends. They are cheap versions of good underwear, and dang it, do they last. Good <laughs> fellow boxer briefs, okay? In they're, the South, this is a very important thing for they, men. Especially during this time of year. Yes, oh they're, my goodness. They're cloth-based, but they are breathable. They're they're awesome, man. And they got great patterns and stuff, so your wife can be excited about how you're dressing. <laughs> <laughs> this is risque. <laughs> hey, we're open and honest here, man. You're like a stripes guy or like an animals guy. Like yeah, how to you just, like graphic style. I would be boxer willing briefs. to bet that Chris has black boxers. That's all. That's, I do. that's it. That's will, it. Boxers or boxer briefs? Put money on it. Boxer briefs. My man. Yeah. <laughs> Good fellow boxer briefs. All right. If you need, if you're stuck in the fruit of the loom era, graduate, <laughs> get up to the Goodfellow. They're not, they're, they're expensive if you're comparing it to that, but they, Worth like, it. I have some that have lasted like two years now, and that's a long time for good underwear, so and they, they don't feel frayed. They fall into that like spectrum of good but cheap. It's kind of like, you know, Iron Man sunglasses, like they're a little more expensive than the gas station stuff, but they last <laughs> long enough for the price point. Kind of like what you're talking about, Ben. Well, it's interesting the dilemma that I think all people have when they're, when they're purchasing their underwear. They're like, man, 
That Nobody just seems wants expensive to spend big money on that. for underwear. But like, you wear these every day. Women, like, yeah. women are ahead of men on this now being married. married. Yeah, like, that, that's true. That's yeah, true. true. Yeah, so, I, I think it's the way that we're trained. Yeah. Men get half sizes in your underwear. Socks that's all underwear. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, should we end on that note? I think we should before it Sounds gets great. worse. Fantastic. See you later. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Anyway, it's terrible.